Welcome to the show. You're on with the governor. That'd be Charlie Baker. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Chad. I'm from Air, Massachusetts. Oh, Air. I'm sorry. Um, and I actually, yeah, I, I just said Massachusetts. Okay. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So I, my question to the governor is, with the with the current information that the CDC has released in regards to uh, vaping and black market THC cartridges being probably within the likelihood of 80 to 85 percent, how is he still able to uphold a full-on vaping ban in this state? And then the second part of my question to him is in regards to the current Senate bill that got voted on last night that's going to end up on his desk and how he is going to choose to take away people's personal choice of choosing a product that they believe is less harmful than smoking traditional cigarettes, but still allow regular cigarettes to be sold in this state. So, um, first of all, the thanks for your question. Um, the CDC's data so far has always qualified everything they've said with something along the lines of we think vaping of all kinds remains potentially dangerous they have not moved off that since they started looking at this i think the fact that they are now to the point where they believe that these black market cartridges have a lot to say and a big role to play in some of the illnesses and injuries and deaths is important and i would hope that that information is finding its way uh, into the public generally and that people are not buying uh, products of that kind. But the but the flip side of this, Chad, is the three people in Massachusetts who, who died um, as a result of vaping were all vaping nicotine and were all vaping nicotine that as far as anybody can tell, they purchased um, legally. Uh, and two, the two deaths in Oregon were the same way. They were people who purchased um, marijuana at a legal um at a legal dispensary so um i i i get the fact that people want clarity on this and and i do too i would love to have clarity so that we would know exactly what um what the issue is here and what it is um that we should be permitting or limiting or um or 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 banning outright uh the whole reason behind a temporary ban as opposed to something more was specifically to give the CDC and others a chance to actually narrow the field with respect to what the problem is. So where are we? Um, How many months are we into this four months? Uh, two? Are, we're, we're about, we're a little over two months. The the four months would have gone to January 24. So okay. where are we? Well, I mean, where are we in terms of getting answers that you feel like? Well, I mean, Chad's, Chad's comment, I mean, I think the CDC's data says about 75% of the um, of the deaths so far and some of the injuries that they've come across have been related to these um, black market THC products. But there is plenty of evidence that many of the people who have been injured or died were not buying on the black market and were also vaping nicotine. So I don't think I, I don't think you can go quite as far as he goes with respect to what happens. Um, I think it's our hope that we will get continued. I mean, we know more now than we did when we put the ban in place. and. Um, and on a second question about um, about um, flavored vaping, I can't tell you how many parents have come up to me, and school administrators and teachers have come up to me since this whole thing started, and said, you know, how much they appreciate 
um, the ban on uh, the ban on vaping period and their concerns especially about how flavored vaping um, is and this is their word not mine um, becoming an epidemic in middle and high schools um, and they have real concerns about um, about how this is understood and portrayed to kids you know, uh, uh, Chad, thanks, Nicole. Bert, one last quick thing, and then I want to stay on health just for a minute, if we can. So when the four months is up, based upon what you know now, and assuming the courts are cooperative with your approach and say you have the power, uh, is it likely this will be continued by you? Where are you, do you think? Well, first of all, the way the state court dealt with this was they required us to change the process, and um, our ban is actually now public Department of Public Health, Public Health Council has to have hearings, which I, I believe they're planning to have in December. But it's now a ban that ends on December 24th, not January 24th. Um, I think that's part of the reason why the legislature moved to get something done before that. Um, uh, we're gonna we're gonna check our options on this, but I, um, boy, I, I would like I would like more data. You know, I, I, the idea of just sort of saying we're gonna permit people to do something that if used in the way in which it is intended to be used in a very short period of time could injure or kill you, um, that just troubles me. Welcome, Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. We started out this episode with Governor Charlie Baker of Massachusetts His vape ban, he's getting calls on WGBH radio, Boston Public Radio. We're playing two different clips. We opened with a clip. Charlie Baker, number one, is talking about transparency. He's talking about data. He's talking about uh, having more information to decide the issue on the vape ban. However, we've documented and noted, as has the Boston Globe, as has the Cannabis Control Commission of Massachusetts, that we're not getting the data from DPH about cannabis and the vape ban. We're not getting information from them. Uh, What we're seeming to get is a bunch of double talk from the governor of Massachusetts, a political campaign, because he knows at this point that he made the wrong decision to ban vapes for four weeks. Number one, uh, a court in Massachusetts ruled against him, a judge ruled against him and said he made the wrong decision and that he would have to actually back it up and actually take some action to bring in the community, to bring in stakeholders in Massachusetts to document what he's actually alleging. Uh, So far, we have almost a conspiracy theory from the Department of Public Health, Massachusetts Department of Public Health, and the governor of Massachusetts, because we can't believe them at this point. This is a political campaign. Governor Baker, when he instituted this ban, I feel like he felt like other states would rapidly follow and that he had a real epidemic. And what he soon realized is that there isn't really an epidemic. What there was was some tainted black market cannabis uh, vapes, and that they got people sick, and uh, the CDC has determined that, uh, but for a few other cases that he keeps referencing. Uh, it's funny how uh, Charlie Baker, when he goes on WGBH uh, radio, and as well as uh, Mary Lou Sutters of the Department of Public Health that reports to Charlie Baker, all of a sudden they have information and details 
that they've been not giving to the rest of the media like myself, like the Boston Globe, uh, like the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission, who has the ultimate power now on cannabis vapes. He does His mass DPH is withholding information from them as well. And we're going to play a clip tonight. We're going to play a clip from Shaleen Title. Uh, we're going to read what she just posted on her Twitter uh, just a couple hours ago about today's hearing. Uh, she said, Chairman Hoffman and I, as individuals, testified following up on our request, asking one question. Where did people who became sick after using TH products obtain them? And if they have not been asked that, what would you please, uh, would you please ask that now? Thank you for your consideration at MassDPH. That's what she posted on her tour. We're going to play the clip. You're going to hear that as well. This is her testifying at DPH, asking them to provide information about these supposed uh, tainted THC products because she still doesn't have that information from the Department of Public Health. And she's a person that has oversight. She has the power to decide now because a court ruled that because what Charlie Baker was doing was wrong. And what I'm really disappointing uh, in is the coverage, the lack of coverage. People are joking about this radio interview, supposedly reporters about Charlie Baker, you know, comments on crying. Instead of actually focusing on things that Charlie Baker is doing right now that is really harmful to a number of people on a number of fronts and not backed by anything that's real. And it's a disinformation campaign. I'm going to call it that because a number of things that Charlie said we're going to play two clips from this GBH show. One you already heard, one we're going to play in a little bit. If you listen to the his phrasing and the way he cherry picks his information, it's very problematic. Uh, it may seem accidental, but it also may be something else. And I want to even point out one thing. Charlie Baker talked about we need more data, we need more information. Well, you know where you're going to get a lot of information if you have public testimony. And you hear from actually consumers. Uh, what what we heard uh, from Charlie Baker and WGBH is that Charlie Baker didn't even know uh, they when, when the hearing was going to be held. That the court mandated that he that his Department of Health hold before they could continue with a, a with a ban uh, like he wanted, and the meeting was to be held the following day, the Friday before Thanksgiving. Today, actually, earlier today, the hearing was. And yesterday on WGBH radio, Charlie Baker acted like that hearing was in December. And what I'm disappointed in, again, is that WGBH lets this slide by. They'll ask the tough questions on other things like the Mass State Police scandal. They'll ask the tough follow-up questions on other issues. But with things like this vape ban, uh, they don't get to the point that Charlie Baker is talking about data inf information but he has a blockade on data and information going out to even the Cannabis Control Commission. So we're going to play the clips tonight. We're also going to uh, play some clips from uh, Brennan's Smoke Shop. Again, uh, they have some great ads and commercials all about what we're talking about. And this is a political campaign. This is what Charlie Baker does when he's wrong. He thought other states would follow him. He thought he would be a big hero. And instead, he looks like a big lion dud. And I think most people in Massachusetts are seeing right through what Governor Baker is doing. I wish that GBH would hold his feet to the fire and, and follow up and say, hey, wait a minute, there's a hearing tomorrow and you were mandated by a judge to have this hearing and you don't even know that it's tomorrow 
Or are you being dishonest because you don't want certain people to be at this hearing tomorrow? And this is the one opportunity for you to hear from the public on this ban. And you don't even know when the hearing is. And some of the other phrasing as well, uh, you know, listen to these uh, segments on WGBH and listen to Shaleen Tyler, a cannabis control commissioner. And you tell me if Charlie Baker was being honest on GBH. And you tell me if the host questioned his honesty. Mike Crawford, Young Jerks. Hey, it's Jeff from Brennan's Smoke Shop, and I wanted to thank Governor Baker personally for proving the theory that the pen is mightier than the sword. With one vicious swing of his mighty sword, he cut down all of the tobacco industry's competition in the Commonwealth, forcing consumers to the black market and gray market. The very market, from what I understand, is making people sick. I'd also like to give the vape industry a big round of applause. Welcome to the show, vape industry! Lawyer up! Kenny Lightfield, you are next on Boston Public Radio with the Governor of the Commonwealth. That's Charlie Baker. Welcome. Uh, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for uh, taking questions, uh, Governor Baker. Um, I'm, I'm a retired homicide detective, and um, I came to a couple of listening sessions in Boston regarding the uh, recent ban on menthol tobacco. And as a, 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 a law enforcement professional, I'm very concerned that the unintended consequences of a ban have not been discussed with respect to law enforcement experts, explaining how such a law 
is going to bring in an illicit market from across the border that will be sold in black communities that will not have a negative impact on white communities that are, that are not going to have a similar ban for non-methyl products. Yeah, okay, oh, so um, first of all, thank you for your service um, on behalf of the people of the community that you, you worked in and, and represented. Um, so sort of three things. First of all, um, we just got that legislation, so I haven't read it yet. Um, there was some debate and discussion about what it actually said and did and didn't do as it was moving through the process. Some people thought it was a ban. Some people thought it was a limitation with respect to where you could sell it. Some people thought it was something else. In any event, um, the concern about, as I understand it, the concern from advocates about menthol cigarettes is that they have been promoted and um, and marketed specifically in communities of color for a long time. And, um, and because of the impact that menthol has on the way you draw on a cigarette, it has a soothing impact on what would otherwise be the harsh reality of smoking a traditional cigarette. And, um, and the, the Black and Latino Caucus, which represents many of our communities of color in Massachusetts, made absolutely clear that they felt this product should be banned. I think the collateral question you're asking uh, or raising is one that um, if this thing becomes law, we're going to have to make sure we spend time focusing on and addressing because it's a legit concern. Can we uh, follow up on that? Just uh, thank you, Ken, for your call. Uh, this flavored vaping. This was, but this was the same issue with the flavored vaping. It was about right. menthol and mint and flavors. Same thing. So you have, uh, just to be clear, because there are a bunch of things deposited on your desk. I guess yesterday's the light went away. Sure, we're it's home. amazing what happens when you know <laughs> the deadline. The, you have a deadline. Exactly. Uh, so the flavored vape and tobacco ban. You haven't decided yet whether you're signing. Is that a fair statement? I just got it. Okay. I mean, no, I'm I'm obviously, obviously, it. we've been pretty aggressive about the concerns we have about vaping, period, mostly coming out of the continuing growth in the number of people who've been injured, seriously injured by uh, by vaping, and in some cases have died. And the fact that there's so little information on why, um, other than some concern maybe about vitamin E acetate and some of the black market stuff, but the people who died in Massachusetts, the three people who died here all three of them were vaping um nicotine that they purchased from licensed dispensaries so i i continue to be concerned about vaping period um because there's just not a lot of information on what created these um these outbreaks in the first place but the issue with respect to the flavored vapes which is one of the things the legislature focused on uh came from a concern that this was driving kids to uh one of the we met with a group of clinicians about this when the death data started to come out and the injury data came out. And one of them said to us that um, he, was a, he was a pediatrician. His wife was a pulmonologist, I think. And, um, and when they asked their kids about vaping, their kids said, well, that's the safe cigarette. Yeah. And I think the, you know, at a minimum, what needs to happen here is um, a, a significant increase in public information about the fact that nicotine is in fact addictive and um and that vaping does come with potential consequences and that was the reason for the temporary ban get gain data learn information and hopefully have people act on something now the legislature took advantage of the ban 
to pass something and put it on our desk, which obviously we're going to review. But that was kind of the intent. Hey, it's Jeff from Brennan Smoke Shop. So this Labor Day is Brennan Smoke Shop's first annual Taxachusetts Relief Day. There'll be no 6.25% sales tax on anything we sell in the store. There'll be no $3.50 excise tax per pack. There'll be no 40% cigar tax. There won't be tax on any accessories we sell. No tax on the vapes, the bongs, the CBD, the pods, the grinders, the pipes. There won't be tax on anything we sell all day this coming Labor Day. Because we're closed. Have a good one.